Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning, good morning to all our High FM listeners. We are so excited that you are back with us this Wednesday morning and good morning, Fagy. Good morning, Adol. So nice to be back and thank you, Dr. Matara, as well for joining us this morning. Yes, we're, we're, we're excited because today we're going to be talking about something that I don't think is very prevalent in South Africa. Well, certainly not on the lips of every, every person. And that is the idea of integrative medicine, of functional medicine. It's, it's become quite a, a big movement in, in, in Europe and in America particularly where doctors are coming to see more and more that whilst you can specialize in a certain area, when you are treating the patient, you need to look at the patient as a whole. And today we are going to be speaking to Dr. Riaz Matara, a, a very welcome personality on our radio show who gives of his time willingly and freely um, to help educate people. He is a cardiologist, well-known cardiologist, and he has the, uh, the Cardiovascular Risk Institute in Halton where he looks primarily at women's health, the cardiological health of women, but from an integrative point of view. And we're going to be chatting to him because he's opened up his own functional medicine center. What does it mean? Um, why should we be looking at medicine that way? What are the benefits? And also, what are the downfalls of going to a uh, a doctor and just being treated particularly for the illness at hand. So if you'd like to join the conversation, we'd love to have you on. 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our SMS number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We are very, very uh, pleased and with much pleasure and uh, say good morning, Dr. Riaz. How are you? Good morning, Adel. Morning, Fagy. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Right. We're going to talk, talk about functional medicine today. Can you maybe give a de- definition of what integrative or functional medicine means? What, what, what discipline is it? So it isn't really a separate discipline, uh, Adel. You know, functional medicine... Uh, looks at how do we manage people holistically and not just from treating a particular organ system. Now, you know, traditionally as specialists and as doctors, uh, we were trained to be organ specialists. But, you know, the body, the heart doesn't function independently of the brain and the gut and the kidneys and so on. Everything works in unison. And functional medicine aims to understand how your environment interacts with your body and your genetics to create the disease and tries to get and answers a very important question uh, that's, you know, why do we get ill in the first place? So as doctors traditionally, we get you at a stage when you have signs and symptoms of a particular disease. And then we're trying to manage those signs and symptoms uh, as best as we can. But there's a few steps prior to you becoming symptomatic that are key if we're going to cure the problem or get to the root cause of the problem. So functional medicine uh, is takes a holistic view and a bro- much broader view 
of your how your body interacts with the environment and how do we get you not normal but get you functioning at an optimal level for your age group so you've been a you've been a cardiologist for many many years a respected one at that what brought you to start thinking this way um as you said you you were you you specifically trained right we we come to you with heart problems right so you know this journey actually started 18 years ago i don't i mean i qualified 20 years ago as a cardiologist went into private practice i was the youngest cardiologist at millpark uh, very busy already within my second year but i thought that something was missing you know i mean patients would come in have a heart attack we would treat them the traditional way they would go hi fm your station of choice since 2008 i was practicing as a cardiologist and these patients would come in with a heart attack i would treat them they would go home and then they would come back and say doctor you know i've tried everything to lose weight and i can't lose weight and all i would be thinking is why don't you just stop eating you know and that's how that's how we were sort of trained to think as doctors you know and i would call it a revolving door theory people would come in see you pay come back in a month later and come back with exactly the same symptoms and this would go on and i just found myself being exceptionally frustrated i was ready to give up medicine at that stage and go and do something else and uh then spoke to a colleague of mine who was an endocrinologist and he introduced me to this uh you know the it was called anti-aging medicine right in the beginning which was the wrong term and he introduced me to it and said to me look you know you should be looking at your patients a little bit more holistically and not just from a heart perspective and that's how the journey started and we uh started self studied you know did some courses internationally and over 18 years uh developed the experience to look at patients very differently compared to how we traditionally look at them with that uh-huh. have you seen a major difference in treating them differently absolutely so look i think for us it's understanding the why and if you get treat the why uh fagi and you treat the reasons why people get ill in the first place they start to get better you start to reverse problems with their heart and their kidneys and so on and it is possible i believe to be able to get people better you know you can't take treatment for a particular condition but you haven't influenced the reasons in our environment as to why they are happening in the first place what other modalities do you use So it's it's relatively straightforward. I mean you have to take a very good history. You have to listen to people when they talk because most patients will actually tell you what caused the problem in the first few minutes of a consultation. And it's important to understand the reasons in the environment that make us ill because that will then determine how you investigate and how you manage people going forward. So I can take you through those reasons uh in the environment and but first I'd like to maybe just give you a little story of how the body works. So as adults we are meant to have roughly 60 trillion cells in our body. Most people don't know that only 6 trillion are human. The remaining 50 plus trillion cells in our body are actually bugs. Mm. 
So we are bugs on legs, essentially. <laughs> and there's a, reason, <laughs> there's a reason why we have so many bugs in our body. Those, it's a symbiotic relationship that we have with these bugs to protect the six trillion human cells from becoming ill. And that's what we commonly call the microbiome. So the microbiome refers to the sum total of all the genetic material of all the bugs that are in and on our body. So there's certain things then or reasons or factors that influence how this microbiome functions. Mm -hmm. The first one is the pH of the body. We are designed as humans to be slightly more alkaline, right? So we know that gout and kidney stones and gallstones only really happen in acidic environments. We know that cancer cells grow in an acidic environment. So if the pH of the body is slightly more acidic, we more, the microbiome cannot function optimally. The second one would be extremes of temperature. That's why when we have a flu and we've got a high fever, you know, the whole body feels terrible. Everything doesn't function optimally at high or very low temperatures. The third and probably very important one would be the micronutrient deficiencies in the food that we eat. Mm -hmm. So we are eating, although we are eating healthier, we are literally starving in the face of plenty. So our food is, is grown, it's artificially ripened, it's been in cold storage. We're eating a lot of grain-fed animal products. So all of these things full of hormones, uh, all of these things then influence the way the microbiome will work because the body has to react to these deficiencies. The next major can, one... Can, can we just hang on for one minute there and we will pick up as soon as we get back. This is 101.9 High FM. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're on the Healthy You Wealthy show talking about healthy responsibility. We're talking with Dr. Riaz Matara. And we welcome any question that you would like to ask on 34519 or 061-895-1019. And just before the break, Doctor, you were explaining that um, there is a, a relationship between ourselves, our environment, and if I got it right... Yeah, you were discussing the first three that we've got to have a good pH balance, otherwise we're out of whack. We've got to have a good uh, heat cold balance, um, if that, that that can affect us, and micronutrients. And uh, I, I believe there was a fourth one as well. Yeah, so there's a few, two or three more. So okay. the next one would be all the toxins and the pollutants that we get exposed to. So envir environmental estrogens and microplastics and heavy metals that can influence our body. Then obviously there are infections that uh, we all get exposed to and are self-explanatory. But probably today the most important one relates to emotional trauma that we experience at various points in our life, specifically childhood traumas and emotional problems that we have when we are younger. But this can happen at any point in our life. And these chronic emotional traumas, then all together with all these other factors, influence little light switches in our DNA that can switch on a light switch or switch off a light switch at any point to create an illness in the body, and then we become symptomatic. So functional medicine takes into consideration all these factors, and then we would that would then 
decide or help us decide what tests we're going to do or what we're going to measure and then how we're going to use a holistic approach to managing your well-being. So chronic pain would be a huge factor. Absolutely. So, I mean, basically, uh, Peggy, all forms of chronic disease are as a consequence of an imbalance. It has to start, it has to have a start, starting point. So the important question to ask uh, when we don't feel well is, why does something affect us at a particular point in our life? Why not five years earlier or two years later? What has been different in our environment that has triggered these little light switches on our DNA to make us unwell? So even something like chronic pain, you know, sometimes you can have pain, but there's nothing wrong with the joint. You know, so where is the pain coming from? Uh, I believe that pain has an exceptionally strong emotional component to it. And unless you target and you approach and you manage and you investigate all the reasons why we become ill, you know, the medication may help, but we never get to a cure or get to a point of where we can really help you. So talk, talk us about somebody comes in with a specific, they're symptomatic. They either have an acute or chronic condition. Okay. Um, you would obviously take a history of all the stuff that you're talking about. Um, do, what do you do then? Like, I know that you've started a functional medicine institute. How, how, how does it work? Talk us through it. How, how, how would a person go about healing? So the, the first thing is to, so understand that there are, this environment influences three pillars in our body. The first pillar is one of inflammation. So normally inflammation that's low grade, but going on for a long period of time. So the body will always still attempt to heal that inflammation exactly like when you get stung by a bee. So it's the healing response over a long period of time gone wrong that actually makes us ill. So that's the first pillar. We look for inflammation that's chronic in the body. The second pillar has to deal with your nervous system. And this is looking to see if you have chronically elevated adrenaline levels in your blood. So similarly, when we are faced with acute stresses, that's a good thing. Our body, that's your fight, flight and fright response. And that sort of saves our life. But when we are chronically stressed in our environment, the adrenaline levels remain high for a long period of time. And our anti-stress system cannot cope over long periods of time. And that goes down. So we have this imbalance between the stress and the anti-stress system in our body. We are adrenalized, so to speak, for a chronic amount of time. And that's what then gives us the high blood pressure or the anxiety or the chronic fatigue or the lower immunity or the inability to sleep at night. So that's the second pillar, what we call that's, our... Is that the parasympathetic and sympathetic Absolutely. axis? Absolutely. Correct. That's our autonomic nervous system. And the third pillar would be our endocrine or hormonal system. Now, the big mistake that many of my colleagues would make is that they treat your thyroid like they treat your heart. So your heart is an organ. There's valves and muscle and arteries and so on. 
But the thyroid is not an organ, it's a gland. It's part of a bigger organ system called the endocrine system. And the aim is to be able to get this entire hormonal system functioning optimally. Because the hormones in the body are the messengers. They tell the cells how to work and how fast to work and how slow to work and so on. So if you keep your inflammation levels low, okay, if you keep uh, your autonomic nervous system balanced, okay, and if you get your hormonal system balanced and optimal for your age group. So the problem that we have in South Africa with the results of the blood test that we do is that they give us a reference range. So they'll say something like 0 to 90 is normal. So what does that actually mean? Is 88 normal or is 5 normal? You could have been functioning at a level of 70 all your life, and now you're down to 10. You're still within the normal range, but that is not optimal for your age group. The second problem with that is that the same reference range applies to whether you're 15 or 70. And that can't be right. So internationally in the U.S., they report the results very, very differently compared to the way we get results reported here in South Africa. So the idea is to try and understand what is optimal for each decade of your life. And if you get your body, your physical body functioning at an optimal level, the cells are happy, the bugs are happy, everything gets to function at an optimal level, and that's what keeps us, our physical body, healthy. But they all have what to do with each other, the inflammation, the stress. Correct. All of that, the, the hormonal system, all is linked. So you obviously have to see it from a bigger picture, which is what functional medicine does. Absolutely. So I can tell you now, in the vast majority of patients, people never have just one pillar that's out of balance. It's usually all three pillars out of balance. So... If you just, if any doctor just focused on those three pillars, actually medicine becomes relatively straightforward and relatively simple to work out why people are unwell and then to put a very simple strategy in place to get you up. I'm very interested in what you're saying just in terms of, of blood results. Um, is there, is there a, uh, a, a, a different measure that one can look up when, when one is looking at bloods? You're saying that South Africa is very, you know, between 0 to 90 and you're normal in between that, but they're not taking an age. Like, how, how, how do you navigate through that? Like, have you? Right. So we've been able to look at the results that we get here in South Africa and, 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 Work out roughly where you should be for each decade of your life based on international rules and, and, and guidelines. And look, generally speaking, if you've got a reference range in South Africa, you want to be between 50 and 70% of that reference range to at least be functioning optimally, you know. And, and that would be a simple rule of thumb for most patients out there and for most, for most doctors. So you've opened up a functional medicine institute. What practitioners? Obviously, you know, people come to you and, and, and that's the first port of call. Who have you put on onto your staff that you feel needs to be part of the healing of the patient? So, yes. So it's based on those three pillars. You know, most two of the pillars from a point of inflammation and, and hormonal imbalances uh, and so on. It's quite easy to manage uh, these days, and I do that personally. 
But we do have Dr. Ila Manga. She's the head of Breathwork Africa. Uh, she's a family practitioner. And what we do know these days is that mindfulness and breathwork is absolutely crucial in getting that autonomic nervous system balanced because we don't have anything fancy in a pill to stop your body from making too much adrenaline. So it's really around getting people to understand the mindfulness techniques that can be employed to get your nervous system balanced in the face of chronic stress. Now, she's an amazing lady. Uh, she's written her own book on, on breathwork. And I think internationally now, people are beginning to realize that this is so crucial. And it's insane if we think about it, that we have, somebody has to teach us how to breathe again. Okay. They should have breathing classes in school. Yes, absolutely, for children. I think uh, when we, we're able to test patients and do a very simple five-minute test to measure what's happening in their stress and anti-stress system, and what we've been seeing over the last sort of 18 months, that almost 90% of people who come through have severe sympathetic overdrive or are chronically adrenalized. And, I mean, it's got to do with all the stresses that we are facing in our environment uh, on top of having the mass, massive stress of COVID. So uh, people are just so stressed at the moment and, and, and charged at the moment that that is beginning, it's going to affect our well-being and our health. We also have a dietitian that I've helped to uh, almost retrain in terms of uh, thinking uh, from a personalized approach to, to, to patient care. So it's not a one-size diet that fits all. Your nutrition and your diet is really, and the plan around that is really structured around what your blood results show and where the excesses and where the deficiencies uh, are. And as I said to you, you don't need a big team of people. You need get people's nutrition sorted out, get people moving, get people breathing in the right way, and getting them to understand their why. And I, I just found that the minute you can tell somebody why they feel the way they feel, okay, they're able to have the mind shift in terms of wanting to 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 heal themselves. The majority of the time, like if we have gut issues or if we have stomach pain, we go to a gastro. If we have a heart issue, we, we come to you, you know. I don't know if it's necessarily the, our first port of call to decide, okay, let me go to a functional medicine doctor to figure out what the real root cause is. We, we go for the medicine. We go for the, the pills. Absolutely. So I think it's just the way that, you know, we've been trained over the last 50 or 60 years to believe that, you know, we're going to get the answers in a magic pill, you know. And don't get me wrong, the medication does work. The medication is a means to an end, okay. But if you don't address all the other issues and all the other factors that are contributing to why you are feeling unwell, you end up going from one doctor to the next doctor and you're expecting everybody to answer the same question for you. Yes. Right? And, and, and you really don't feel like you you understand why you are ill why you can't lose weight you know why can't you why do you have insomnia at night so uh the idea is to be look able to look at it a little bit more holistically and as i said to you i mean within the first 10 days two weeks already patients start to feel amazing 
there's a question that's just come in, um, and maybe you can address it. Um, Marion says blood tests are really expensive, and these tests must be pretty costly, which, yes, I mean, if you start taking, like, vials and vials of blood, you can rack up tens of thousands of rands. If somebody came to you and said, I don't have, like, money to, to have a million blood tests, what blood tests would you focus on? What would you feel would be essential to measure um, and, and, and be a base for, for a person to start moving forward? Yes, so not everybody has to have uh, 10 million blood tests. I mean, you know, as I said, for me, medicine is quite straightforward. That's why taking such a good history is absolutely important to understand what are the symptoms that people are experiencing and where are you more, more likely. And this comes with experience over many years of understanding, well, you know, this is where I expect to find a deficiency or an excess. And then limit the blood test to what you think you're going to find in patients. And if you do it in the right way, and it's really, you know, some of the tests are inexpensive, like measuring your inflammation levels. Measuring your autonomic function is a five-minute non-invasive test. You don't need a blood test for that. It's some of the hormonal tests that are expensive. But again, it depends on your age group. It depends what you're presenting with. And it, present, it depends on, on what we're going to look at and investigate further. So it can be done in an inexpensive way. But the corollary is also true, you know, that you may want to pay once to have the blood test done to get well because getting admitted to hospital will cost you a 100 times more or uh, having a heart attack or having a stroke. You know, you can't put a monetary value to, to, to getting sick. So, so for me, it's, it's, it's approaching it in the right way. And you, once you understand what you're dealing with in the first place, you don't have to have all the blood tests all the time. Okay. It's around following it up perhaps on an annual basis and only measuring what you potentially are trying to manage. Would you say that functional medicine is, is mixing conventional medicine with like the, the Eastern and the Western medicine together? Yeah, so functional medicine takes all medical disciplines into consideration. You can't exclude any discipline, right? So, I mean, if you go to the Cleveland Clinic in the U.S., if you would like to see a homeopath while you're at the Cleveland Clinic, you can. If you want to see a reflexologist after you've had a heart attack at the, and you're at the Cleveland Clinic, it's available for you. So I'm not saying that that's what every patient necessarily needs. It's just that the more modern way of doing things would mean that every patient will find a route or a different route to their healing. Some people will find it with a psychologist. Some people will find it with their rabbi. Some people would find it with their doctor. You know, so people find, eventually find the answers that they, uh, that they require. So, I think for me, it's really around uh, taking a holistic approach to it, bringing the best of conventional medicine, bringing the best of functional medicine, uh, using sub supplementation in the appropriate way. Many, there are many functional medicine doctors that you go and see, and suddenly you get a very long list of natural supplements to, to take because perhaps somebody may be earning something out of that or it's a business model or whatever. Anything you put into your body, be it conventional medicine or even a supplement or a vitamin, 
will have a physiological effect on your body. So you don't want to do it in a way that, um, you know, it's like a dartboard. You're just going to target things and hope you hit the bullseye. There's a very specific way to do this. And if, uh, if you do it in a targeted fashion, it's affordable and it's possible to get people well. We're speaking to Dr. Riaz Matara. We're talking functional and integrated medicine. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Welcome back, and we are discussing functional medicine. Doctor, somebody's asked about gynae disease, right? So for women particularly, that this is like a big area of their lives. We know that we have to, you know, find ourselves a gynae, and the gynae walks us through from the age of maybe even as early as 13, 14, until we've like, you know, we're 85 and we've done our menopause. Where does that slot into functional medicine? Yeah, so absolutely massive component of functional medicine. And there are, I think now, one or two gynecologists coming on board that practice from a functional medicine perspective uh, as well. So uh, if you look at the different uh, age groups, so younger women, polycystic ovary syndrome, almost every second young lady today has some version of polycystic ovary syndrome, high insulin levels, gaining weight, acne, uh, irregular menstrual cycles. And we know that, for example, if you've got polycystic ovary syndrome at a younger age, you have a 30% higher risk of developing a heart attack in your lifetime. Okay, so the problem starts young. Then you've got... uh, the entire component of fertility and infertility. And again, if you do not get that endocrine or hormonal system and all those three pillars balanced, the body perceives that it's not the right time to fall pregnant because your body is in a stress state and hence the environment must be in a stress state. So it's not a good time for you to fall pregnant. So all of fertility and infertility is essentially functional medicine. That's what the infertility specialists are trying to do. And then the next big age group would be uh, in your perimenopausal and menopausal period, where, again, uh, you know, it is absolutely crucial to get yourself optimized and balanced during that time of your life. So uh, let me give you an example of that, right? So when somebody goes through the menopause, traditionally, they would or they may be asked to take hormone replacement therapy uh, to treat the estrogen and progesterone. But what many doctors don't realize, if you understand that progesterone in your body as a hormone makes the biggest anti-stress hormone in your body called cortisol. So it's almost a double whammy for women at at around the time of menopause, that it's not just a lack of estrogen and progesterone, but what progesterone makes in your body. So if you don't get it all optimized or balanced, you don't seem to win. And then there's all the questions around hormone replacement therapy and cancer risk and how should I take this and should I take that. And all of these questions can be answered from a functional medicine approach to get your body balanced and optimized and stay salubrious and vital and joyful throughout your life if you do it in the right way and in a safe way. 
So just in terms of a woman, if they in, in, in that area where they perimenopausal or menopausal and they're facing those questions, do you work in conjunction with the gynecologist, you know, just in terms of the treatment moving forward? How, do, how does a woman navigate through that? Absolutely. So very easy for us to identify where the deficiencies and excesses are. The question is, what do you do about it? So when you're at that stage of your life, a very important stage of your life, you're going to have to see a gynecologist and have your pap smear done and have your ovaries and your uterus checked out and have a breast examination done uh, regularly, right? So that goes part of it. But if the approach to managing it happens from a functional medicine approach, you know, people do so much better. You know, it's, it's not just, here's the hormone replacement therapy and, you know, just take this high dose of hormone replacement therapy and let's hope for the best. So the question that many people have to answer, many women have to answer at that stage of your life, is really around what quality of life do I want now and in the next five years, 10 years, and 15 years? And what am I going to be at risk of? And what am I trying to treat or trying to prevent or trying to maintain? Okay. And if you have that type of approach, again, as I said, it's relatively straightforward. And then the whole idea of having a functional medicine approach, like what you've created, is that the, is that the patient actually feels supported in every area. Correct, yeah. So, as I said to you, it's not about looking at the heart. You know, many times people may present with a fast heartbeat. Okay, so in medicine, something is either structural, that means a valve is blocked or an artery is blocked or you've got a lump somewhere, or it's functional meaning that there's nothing structurally wrong with your body, but perhaps your iron's low or your thyroid's overactive. And then you can have a combination of both. So it's just that in the last 20 years, I've just seen so many thousands of patients who come to see you, who present with a symptom that's coming from their heart, but it's actually coming from somewhere else. So the vast... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Can you you give us a story, like... Give us a, 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 an example of somebody that's walked in with X and it landed up being Y and how, how, you know, like, kind of like make it practical for people to understand. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of, uh, examples like that. So, I mean, we've got very strange examples or, or, you know, that I've had over the years. I had one mom, single mom who came to see me and she came in with uh, palpitations, which is a fast heartbeat and some chest pain, and she was feeling anxious. And we said, well, look, we looked at her heart, and there was nothing structurally wrong with her heart. And we then did a few blood tests. She was having headaches as well, and measured something called a prolactin level. And prolactin, for everybody, that's a hormone that goes very high in a woman when you're breastfeeding. And anyway, we managed to do a scan of a brain, and she had this little non-cancerous growth adenoma in her pituitary gland. Mm. Okay. Anyway, we got her on to treatment, and um, I kept on asking her, is there anything emotionally or something in your past that you would like to talk about? And she would always say, doctor, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I'm a single mom. Everything's, everything's great. But every time she would come to see me, the levels would keep rising and this little growth kept on getting bigger. And eventually I said to her, look, either you're not taking the treatment, okay, or there's something that you need to talk to me about. 
And it took her four years to tell me the story. Okay. And she, when her baby was born, went to see a fortune teller. And the fortune teller told her her baby was going to, daughter was going to die in a drowning. Okay. But couldn't tell her when. So this poor mom lived in constant guilt, shame, and fear that her daughter was going to die in a drowning. And this little girl never could get into a swimming pool, was never allowed to go to the beach, was never allowed to lock the bathroom door. Hmm. Okay. So you then make the association, right? So what is prolactin? <clears throat> it's the nurturing hormone. Where did the problem appear in this lady's life? In the pituitary gland in the cells that make prolactin. When we were able to make the association for her and send her to a psychologist to be counseled and to deal with those emotions of shame and anger and fear, and she let, was able to let go of that, guess what? The prolactinoma or the adenoma disappeared on its own. Now, as a doctor, as I said, I can't explain that. It's so <laughs> difficult for us to go there. But that's one anecdotal story of uh, patients that I've had over the past 18 years, where as a doctor, you really don't want to talk about it because you can't explain it. Okay. Absolutely it, amazing. And I, I assume that also her palpitations and everything else went away. That's better. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, we only have a couple of minutes, and quite honestly, I can sit for hours and hours and listen to you talk, Dr. Matara. People are asking, they want to know where do you practice from and how can they get hold of you? <laughs> Maybe you just should have a deluge of people at the door banging down for you to help them with their, with their, with their illnesses. So you're going to have to increase your parking space, Dr. Matara. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> to find the time to see everybody. But look, I think, Adel, I mean, I, prefer not to give my details out over, you know, over the air. I think that, that you can put that on the WhatsApp group or share that uh, with, with people. Um, and as I said to you, it's, uh, you may get, some patients may get frustrated in terms of trying to get an appointment, but we will, can try and help as many people as possible uh, over time. Okay, so you can go and Google Dr. Matara. Um, he is in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg. And um, if anybody wants, you can again send um, an email to info at chayfm.com and we can help you that way. Um, closing remarks, uh, Doctor, we have one minute left. What, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I think thanks firstly for the opportunity to talk to your listeners, Adel and Feige. I mean, this is always fantastic. I just think for me, you know, the approach that we've had for the last 100 years in medicine of you coming in, looking at your signs and symptoms and send you on your merry way with the prescription, I think things are changing in the world. We're moving away from a sick care or healthcare model to one of well-being, okay? And well-being takes into consideration your health, your physical health, your spiritual health, um, your financial health. Uh, travel, your family health, all of these various factors put together to try and look at your overall well-being. So I think, you know, we need to look at a different approach and try and help people uh, get to their why and understand that there are opportunities if we get it right in your environment 
to fix the problem and to get you healthy again. There you have it, and that's what motivates Faggy and I to come on air every single week and discuss healthy you is a wealthy you. There is so much to talk about, so much to look at, and really I agree wholeheartedly that this world has to be more integrative. There's so much more nuance. We're not just, you know, a system with, you know, small things that break down, but rather, you know, whole people with so much you know, that we can discover about ourselves, and it's a fantastic journey. Thank you again, Dr. Matara, for your invaluable time. Um, go have a look outside. Maybe there's some guys knocking down the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Faggy. Thank you, Adol. Thank you, Dr. Matara, again for your time. Only a pleasure. And wishing everybody a wonderful, healthy week ahead. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. 